pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. It's the RJ Ochoa Show on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. What's going on in Jerry's world? What's the latest from Cowboy Camp? Find out right here, Friday mornings at 7.30 and 9.30 with the manager and editor-in-chief of Blogging the Boys, RJ Ochoa. Here's Robin Rudy. It's R&R and R&J all rolled into one here on San Antonio Sports Star. He is Rudy J on the bottom right. I am Rob Thompson. Top right, bottom left. That is R.J. Ochoa, A-Z-E on the top left, hidden behind our icon. Welcome, everybody, together on one stream. We're glad to see everyone. Hi, R.J. How are you today? It's great to be with you guys. Happy uh, week two. Happy morning after uh, one team got lucky in the NFL. Uh, it's great to have football happening all around us. Uh, it's the best time of the year. Absolutely, the best time of the year. We just spoke with head coach Mike McCarthy a few minutes ago. He said RJ. to say hi. Um, I, I asked him about Sauce Gardner, and and to me, RJ, this game is really simple. You know, if you could find a way to contain the defensive line, and you know, just be smart. It's not scared. Be smart and stay away from Sauce. I think it's an easy win. Um. Why even throw? Why even throw to whatever side he's on? You know, have your quarterback come in, have your receivers come in, and tell them if Sauce is lined up in front of you, we're not coming to you. I think it's really that simple. I think the if you're looking for an answer, the answer on why is to be a hero. Um, and, and Josh <laughs> Allen probably regrets that um, as of Monday night. Um, I don't know if if you all are aware, but Cowboys fans kind of hate Josh Allen, and it really has nothing to do with Josh himself. No, it doesn't. The way. Yeah, it's just the way that the national media doesn't come for him or doesn't you know, right. kind of apply the same heat. Um, and so every Cowboys fan on Monday night was just like, when are they going to talk about it? When are they going to talk about it? And um, and so, yeah, I mean, this this is a really weird way to put it, but you just have to not be that. You, you have to not try too hard. I mean, if the Bills – you know, you know, are recognize that they're driving a Tesla on Monday night. They just kick their feet up and put things in cruise control. Um, they're the team that's probably one and zero right, right now. And so, yeah, I, I don't know that you you one hundred percent have to avoid sauce the entire game because you have no idea the way the game will unfold. But yeah, I mean, why why poke the bear at this point, especially when you're in all likelihood going to be up and, and up by a wide margin. What's your concern level with the str- or sprain? Keep in mind that's different from a strain. A, a sprained MCL for Brandon Cooks. I mean, probably a five out of ten mm-hmm. um, because you you don't love to hear it, and he's a little longer in the tooth than your average player. I mean, but you know, then there's the context of like, well, so it begins, right? Like this, this right. is the way it's going to be. Um, and Believe me, I, I am not over my skis. I'm not, you know, oh, wrap this up, 2-0, and whatever. But um, on paper, the Cowboys should be able to beat the Jets without Brandon Cooks. And they have Jalen Tolbert, who they can obviously um, get some more snaps towards in that circumstance. And 
They obviously travel to face the Cardinals next week. And so, again, you can never overestimate any team in the NFL, but they're fortunate that, you know, instead of playing the Eagles and the Niners these next two weeks, they've got the Jets and the Cardinals. And they did kind of take that approach last week. They put Tyler Smith on ice, and, and mm-hmm. it worked out. And, and, you know, we'll see if he obviously returns. But um, I think some measured, you know, some, some tentative confidence is kind of what you have to apply to this situation. Do you think Odigizua and Armstrong – can continue to be take advantage of playing alongside of Micah the way they did versus the Giants? Do you think this is a trend, or you think that was just like the Giants' offensive line is just that bad? I think, you know, it's a case where multiple things can be true. Um, now, I don't mean to say anybody who plays in the same defense as Micah Parsons um, can eat or whatever, but right, uh, it's, it's worth it's worth it's worth mentioning the four sacks that the team had in the first half on on Sunday night. All came literally 100% of them came when Micah Parsons was absorbing double teams, um, and so yeah, I mean that's that's the effect, right? Like that's the ripple effect is is you you hope and believe that you have enough talent to take advantage of that, and I think we've seen the Cowboys kind of apply that principle to their overall team building. That's why they traded for Stephon Gilmore because you have enough talent now in terms of your two outside corners for whenever one of them is commanding more attention than the other, the other should be able to make some plays and. So, yeah, I mean, Osa Digizua is somebody who he plays defensive tackles. So that's not a sexy thing unless you're Aaron Donald. But if not for Michael Parsons, Osa would have, I think, challenged for defensive rookie of the year that year in 2021. But it's just impossible to wow. outshine Michael Parsons. And so um, the Cowboys are fortunate to have a deep bevy of pass rushers. RJ Ochoa sitting with us for his weekly. Uh, what did you think of the uh, – it's hard to grade the play calling. <laughs> No, you know? no, we're not going there. There was no, no. play calling in That's that what I'm game. Saying. <laughs> but I was more about the process. What did you right. think of the process? Did you see anything in there that I didn't? Because I felt like it, this had always been the the, uh, the system they'd use to get plays in. Um, I I found it to be a little bit different. Um, you know, the CD 49-yard gain was, was a big moment. Uh, and it was kind of a pick play mm-hmm. uh, a little bit. And, and the broadcast noted that. And, and that's kind of new for the Cowboys, right? Like, right. Um, I don't I don't mean to stand here and, and, and throw dirt on Kellen Moore, but um, Kellen's philosophy was sort of born of the Jason Garrett school of thought in that you just got to go beat your guy. You just, you just got to go be a better football player than your guy on this one. Now, why? Like, like, <laughs> what? Why can't we scheme him open? Why, why can't we be smart? Right. Why can't we be efficient? Like, let's take the low-hanging fruit. Um, so, you know, that play by design had CD land open and did they score a touchdown? No, but they picked up 49 yards. Um, so that was a, a little bit of a different process, uh, in my mind, uh, zebra technology tracks, right. uh, all mm. sorts of information. Um, and they sent out a newsletter with all of it and they sent it out yesterday and there was some, you know, premature, it depends like what, you know, method of evaluation you like the most, you know, PFF tracks this as well, but uh, but 2.37 seconds time to throw for Dak Prescott, which was the quickest in the NFL. Wow. Um, which is, is also uh, an indication fun fact. of things being different. But it was I raining. Mean, it, but it's a good yeah, fun do fact, we, though. Do we, how much do we take from that? That's going to be the th- that's going to be the way of the world for them this year. We hope, right? I would I would also offer that, you know, at, at halftime, it was, what, 26 nothing or almost, uh, almost right. at halftime. And um, the Cowboys kept throwing. They kept their foot on the gas. I mean, Mike McCarthy was serious with his carpe omnia, you know, little <laughs> fancy, you know, Latin phrase. I mean, and that that's what it felt like. It felt like show up, 
take everything, apologize to no one, and celebrate yourselves. I mean, they are a team, you know, on a mission. Um, and, and I think they showed that on Sunday night. And, and I think that that overall disposition was reflected in the way that they played offensively. Cowboy haters are going to say I'm being biased, but if anybody knows me, I'm never biased toward the Cowboy. But I don't think there's anybody more prepared for the Jets' defense. I think they're really holding up a mirror. Generational talents on the line, generational talents at corner, deep at safety. I don't think there's a team, of, well, an offense, more prepared to face a Jets' defense than the Dallas Cowboys. I think that it's fair, um, and I think beyond um, kind of who they get to go and practice up against in practice every day, they have the added benefit of, of seeing what what trying to be a hero looks like in right. very recent memory. <laughs> right. um, so they, they have that warning ahead of them. And I mean, look, I mean, I, I think you both agree in the world of sports, um, scar tissue is a powerful thing. I mean, Papa Roach is the one who said it. You know, the scars remind us that the pain is real, that it was real, and this is a Cowboys team that has overestimated people and that has thought they were too good and has kind of bought into themselves a little bit throughout throughout this era of dominance that they've had. Um, and, and they can't do that anymore. I mean, they, they've all kind of lost together for the most part. And so I think that they're all at a place of, you know, being willing to humble, being able and willing to humble themselves and say, look, hey, man, we're one to know we won 40 to nothing. But like that win means just as much as the Jets win that they eked out by the skin of their teeth on Monday night. Like, you don't win the Super Bowl. Nobody gives you extra right. credit for blowing out a division rival 40 to nothing. And I think that they're, you know, measured enough in, in what they've experienced lately to, to not get in over their skis themselves. RJ Ochoa is sitting with us. We really haven't talked since the, the score. I mean, 40 to nothing. That, I didn't talk to RJ last week. I was gone last Friday. But the, the – uh, Well, that was also before the game. So, oh, yeah, right. You know, that's, the way, that's the way time works. Uh, but, uh, don't mess up a good story with that. I mean, put facts. this in the <laughs> – uh, of anybody who understands the annals of cowboy history, put that game into context. A Forty to nothing pantsing of a division rival to open the season. Um, I mean to open the season, yeah. There's no context. I mean, it's it was historical. Um, they, uh, I mean, they blasted them. It was the biggest you know win in a season opener in Cowboys franchise history. The biggest loss in a season opener in New York Giants franchise history. Um, I know you guys are deep in analytics and, and I love, love analytics like EPA per play. Um, I don't know if you saw this Bill Barnwell stat, but uh, the Giants offensively on Sunday night had an EPA of negative 23.8. The mm. Denver Broncos uh, in the Kendall Hinton game when they had no quarterback um, and had to trot him out there uh, during the COVID year um, had a negative 23.7. So the Giants were literally worse than a team that operated without a quarterback, an actual, like, functional, professional quarterback. Um, but, I mean, Rob, actually, this isn't, I wouldn't say par for the course, but um, the Cowboys lead the NFL in 40-point games. Mike McCarthy. Oh, my God. No, you're right. The, the Cow- the, I mean, the Cowboys blasted the Vikings last year 40-3. to Two years ago, they blasted the Falcons 43-3. to I mean, like, you know, they they are capable of just stomping all over a team. Granted, those weren't season openers, and I know that was part of your question, but um, you can almost at this point set your watch on them having a, an almost 40-point win in a regular season. You know, with, well, that, with that, well, go ahead, Rudy. Well, the, um, I, I, I've it's been enough love. Okay, now let me uh, let me flip my bucket hat up and get to the hate. You know, last year, RJ, I heard you Cowboy fans, oh, well, look at the job. Look who Philly went through. They had to beat. They beat the sorry ass Giants. 
Of course they went to the NFC Championship game. But then when y'all beat them 40-0, now the Giants are a really good team, and we looked impressive, and we should be proud. Like, oh, So last year, just for, in a matter of months, they went from the sorry-ass Giants to, wow, we really put it on a good Giants team. I mean, which one is it? Um, well, first of all, I mean, if, if your game is trying to find a Cowboys fan that said anything, I mean, we can go around in circles forever. I, I don't true, know that true, the, true. the rational, you know, average fan is saying that. I do think the Giants are improved um, versus who they were last year. They've obviously added Darren Waller and Paris Campbell and Jalen Hyatt and Bobby Okereke. I mean, so technically they are, they did beat a better team at least. And what's more is the Giants are really pounding their chest. And a lot of people thought that the Giants, you know, nationally were going to deliver. And so, it was a bit of a different vibe, um, but you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I started here by saying that the Eagles got really lucky last night, and I and I think that they did. It was um, look, I'm I'm not gonna take away from a win, but it was a really hollow thirty plus sluggish point right for the Eagles. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a one of those thirty plus point games you don't exactly feel proud of. Um, and you know, but again, the Cowboys just beat the Giants. They have the Aaron Rodgers list Jets coming up. They have the Josh Dobbs led Cardinals next week. They have the Mac Jones Patriots the week after that. Granted, the Eagles did struggle with them last week. We don't bit, have yeah. much more Eagles or Patriots at this point, but um, but yeah, I mean, and, and and so context is necessary. Context is valuable. Um, I'm I'm not ready to put the Cowboys, you know, in the Hall of Fame or build them a statue or anything like that. But it's not just that they won forty to nothing. It's that they were ninth in offense by DVOA's measurement. They were sixth in offensive EPA. Like all of the other deeper statistics support that it was one of the more incredible thrashings, not this sluggish, hollow win that we've seen other teams have against low-quality opponents. The last team to shut out its first two opponents to start off the season was the 1945 Cleveland Rams. <laughs> Ooh, yep, that's a combination I didn't expect was actually a real thing. Uh, that, that probably won't happen, I mean, just by the There's numbers. a possibility. But there is a possibility there. Uh, judge this start versus what we've seen in the past. You're my Cowboy historian. And when I see the Cowboys haven't done some things since prior to the Super Bowl years in 95, 96, when I see they have an opportunity to, they've only allowed fewer than 10 points through the first two games in a season in franchise history since 1965, where they averaged nine points to start the season. This Is this right in your plan for absolute success? I, I have to ride this wave while we're on it. I mean, I think the most valuable thing that they achieved last week was that they won a road division game. You know, you get to play three of those. They're really precious and valuable, and they've got one, right? They've got one in their pocket already here at week two. Um, again, you know, you you can win foot in nothing, and it means nothing. I mean, like, NFL will look very different a month from now, hell, a week from now. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the way this thing goes. Um, nothing carries over. This isn't. You don't get to roll over these minutes to the next month. Um, but um, it is pretty rare in terms of modern history. The Rams actually started in Cleveland. I don't know if y'all knew that. I didn't know that uh, up until moved, this stack. They moved to, yeah, they moved to L.A. after that, and it wasn't until they got to L.A. that they put the horn on their helmet. It was uh, Fred Gerke, who was the first. That was the first logo oh, Fred! on the helmet. Uh, You're yeah, too young Fred to Gerke, know this uh, stuff. He, he baked, he baked it on, and then the team charged him a dollar a helmet to do that for all of them. So – um, shout out to Fred Gerke. But um, 1961 was when that happened. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's pretty rare. Um, you know, everybody equated this. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't take this low-hanging fruit personally, but it was very reminiscent to when the Cowboys put up 35 points on the Giants in week one on primetime. 
1995 to open the season. Granted, that was Monday night mm-hmm. football, not Sunday night football. Um, in 2007, um, the Cowboys played a really kind of back-and-forth barn burner game in week one against the Giants, and they won. And that was kind of the signal that that offense was going to be really good, that there was a great team in Cowboys history that obviously disappointed. Um, but, yeah, recent history, they don't generally do well um, in the season opener. Now, if they win on Sunday, they'll be 2-0 and for the first time since anybody know when. Anybody have a guess? Ooh, 2-0. Uh, I'm going to go with my guy, Romo. Um, that is a horrible guess. Uh, it was 2019. <laughs> that was four years was ago. That? Um, they, they actually started off 3-0. and um, And then they went on a three-game losing streak the third of which uh, was against the New York Jets when Sam Darnold returned from mono, um, Jamal Adams, and how about the Cowboys afterwards. uh, And that team missed the playoffs. So, again, they started off 3-0 four years ago and missed the playoffs and moved on from Jason Garrett. And so, yeah, they get to 2-0, their playoff odds and all these things increase and get better and and mount up and and whatever. But it can all slip away and and an injury can happen. I mean, like, it's, it's life. It's crazy. It's unpredictable. So, uh, 2-0 and would be nice. I've been pushing this narrative. I want them to start off the season Sinatra style. Um, New so, York, New York, of course. Um, so that's a rare thing. I don't. I can't find an Sinatra instance where that has happened to the Cowboys. I'm well not played. sure it has. Hey, well played, RJ. Hey, man, um, I'm, a, I'm an impatient person, RJ. I'm talking about, like, wearing my brand-new shoes out the store impatient. And, you know, know, San Francisco, considering Dallas played a seven, I know you watched them. They're the only team to me that was as impressive as the Cowboys. Did it did it did it did it scare you a bit watching San Francisco how they hit the ground running, or do you put Pittsburgh in the same place as the Giants and it's just like ah? Um, I believe in Pittsburgh more than the Giants, which is me too. Um, funny given I don't know if you know their familial history um, and how they're tied, Rooney Mara and everything. So those organizations are tied to him too. But um, yeah, that was really scary, and it was scary because. Um, I think it's dumb to, to say, like, oh, the Cowboys offense didn't do anything because, again, by all measurements, they were incredibly efficient. But what was really frustrating and scary was that the Brock Purdy show kept on. It wasn't like, what oh, I the defense just dominated or whatever. Um, it's like, man, like, they, they maybe they didn't mess up by trading Trey Lance or abandoning Ship or whatever. Like, maybe he really is the, the tried and true real deal, real McCoy. Um, so, yeah, that's really, really annoying. Um, and I – and Look, the Cowboys and Niners meet in, in week five um, at, in Santa Clara. It's on Sunday Night Football. And I would I would bet the Cowboys will win that game. And it will lead to the, like, oh, man. They, Here we they, go, they, right. You know, gotten the monkey off their backs, whatever. No, that it means nothing. Like, you, you cannot beat them in October and convince me that this matters. Like, it wow. will matter for playoffs, playoff races and things like that. But, like, until you beat them in a winner go home situation, they are your daddy. And that's okay. Like, we can admit that. Zach is the Giants' daddy. He's the Eagles' daddy. But the Niners are the Cowboys' daddy right now. Apart from them, and I think we can all agree that that's the most frightening team in the NFC, what is, the, is there a surprise that you saw this weekend that especially might be on the Cowboys' schedule that we might have thought was a pencil-in win that maybe we have to reevaluate? The Patriots certainly seemed interesting. Um, but after last night, I'm, I'm inclined to believe that that might have been the Eagles playing a little bit down um, and kind of inflating their performance a little bit. Um, they're not on the Cowboys schedule, but I tell you what, the Packers looked interesting, and I'm not ready to say, like, oh, uh, like the Bears it. have a third daddy. Sorry, Rudy. But, they do. They uh, do. But Jordan, Jordan Love looks, I mean, 
looks functional, and I'm I'm ready to give uh, the Packers coaching staff a benefit of the doubt again. So Packers look good. Um, I, and look, I know the Lions won last week. Missed me with it. I'm wow! Kidding. It's it's annoying. Like I wow. I realized that I've turned into a person that hates <laughs> when other people like things. Me too. Um, so you're getting everybody old. is like all all in on this Lions thing, and I'm just I'm. It's cool and it's fine. It, it, I would be fine with it if people weren't beating me over the head with it. But it's just become so annoying at this point. You know what? Also, RJ, because he's a man of not you know of very few words. Damn, Tony Pollard. He don't look like he had a broken leg. He, I mean. Again, it's one, we only got one game sample size. But, you know, Emmett Smith has told us two different Super Bowls. It's different when you become the one. It's different. It's different. Well, it didn't look different to me in week one. What was interesting was there was the report uh, Sunday morning uh, that the Cowboys wanted to get him somewhere between 16 to 20 touches. Uh, he finished the day with, I think, 16 or 18 to 20. He finished with 16. Uh, 14 carries, 70 yards. Two touchdowns. By the way, oh no, how are the Cowboys going to score from the goal line without Zeke Elliott? It's impossible. With Tony Pollard had two touchdowns from the goal line. What a big surprise that the offense who got down to the goal line was able to punch it in. Well, they um, used that I'm battering ram Turpin one time, too, down there, too. <laughs> battering that's true. Yeah. But that's, that's what's really exciting is that Turpin got involved offensively. I, I'll be honest, I didn't believe. Like, I, I've seen the Cowboys do a lot of things in Oxnard, <laughs> right. and then it not translate. It's, it's been nothing but eye candy before. And can, so it was really nice to, to see them kind of live up to that. Can we bring up one of the eye candy plays that we did see in camp and the possibility of seeing it? Because we saw a play run that involved not only Turpin, but also Deuce Vaughn and what was a pitch that turned into an option with Turpin running well, quarterback I, option pitching to uh, Deuce Vaughn. Can we pray that we see that play at some point this season? Full disclosure of the audience, I didn't see that with my own beautiful brown eyes, but I trust Rudy because he was on the field and the one who described it. So um, you do have to kind of give him a little bit of trust in order to believe that this is possible. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't see why that's not, you know, within the realm of possibility. But what I really liked about what the Cowboys offense did on Sunday night overall was it wasn't an eye candy thing. It wasn't like, hey, let's do the – the annexation of Puerto Rico, we're just better than them. Let, let's go be better than them, play it and play out. Let's break their wills. Let's destroy their souls. Carpe omnia, let's do it all. And that's what they did. I mean, and, and it, it really was just a good old-fashioned asking. Um, former Jet, can't wait. Bart Scott, is he just being a Jet fan when he says that he thinks they'll have 200 yards rushing on this Dallas Cowboys defense? Or do you think that they could or get close to that? Um, I didn't even hear Bart Scott say this. He, said it he literally said it right when you were coming on. Right when you were coming on. Um, I would offer that a week ago, Tiki Barber said he would take Daniel Jones. <laughs> he did say that. 100 out of 100 times. Um, look, <laughs> I, I have no issue with former players being a homer for their teams and their markets. Like Everybody's got to put food on their table, and everybody's got a, a career they're trying to build. So I totally understand Bart Scott, and I'm sure that there are you know, hundreds of Jets fans who believe that that's possible. But, um, okay, Bart, cool. That's great. 
the the Jets <laughs> haven't been to the playoffs since Bart was on their team. Uh, so maybe let's just slow down and chill out a little bit. A hundred out he of a hundred. Must still get tons. free food in New York, RJ. You know you don't want to pay for a meal in certain cities after you've been there a while. That's probably what it is. Exactly. Hey, catch his stuff on blogging the boys and all the socials. His name is RJ Ochoa. Use it as you search for him. Hey, man, it's good to see you. Have a good weekend, man. Enjoy everything down there in the valley. Thanks a lot, guys. Last week I watched Pulp Fiction for the first time ever. What? Overrated. You can't, you can't just lie like that, that on your way out. You can't do that. Red ball and mouths. Come on. It was fine, but like I think the overrated part, it's really my fault. It just could never live up to the hype. You know what I mean? That like I've heard my yeah. entire life at this point. So like it just it was never gonna live up to that. It was fine, and I've seen other Quentin Tarantino movies, so like I've already kind of gotten the. You effect. know what he is, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to knock out you know classics that I haven't seen like holes in pop culture. I've never seen Goodfellas, so I'm thinking about that being next. Um, you chose the wrong movie first, though. By uh, week, I need you to get Goodfellas in. Yeah, uh, get, during get the Goodfellas in. I know you're busy, but you got to get Goodfellas in during the bye week. And we expect to see a gimp mask <laughs> on the shelf behind you next week. He is RJ. I Ochoa. like that T-shirt, RJ. He is a blogging the boys. He's a rock the mic champ. Uh, hey, man, take care. We'll talk to you next Love week. Love you, RJ. Odoyo rules. Later.